Welcome to the podcast of P1 Ventures, revitalizing American manufacturing through entrepreneurship. Hi, welcome to the P1 Ventures podcast. This is David DeSalt, the founder and CEO of P1 Ventures and our family of manufacturing and technology companies. The last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the next generation manufacturing workforce. And we talked last week about the apprenticeship program. We interviewed Joel Lape, one of my co-founders of P1 and uh, an adjunct professor or teacher at Hudson Valley Community College. This week, I'm so excited to introduce and welcome to the show, Johanna Collins. Johanna, thanks for coming to, uh, to join us today. Hi, Dave. I'm really excited to be here, and I appreciate the opportunity to have a great discussion with you. Johanna is one of our superstars. She's only 23 years old. She represents what I would call the future of manufacturing. When Johanna joined us a few years ago, she really became one of the first pioneers of our entrepreneurship development program at our company. Matter of fact, I would actually say that Johanna, being the, one of the first young people who we kind of moved around inside the organization until we found a sweet spot for her in our business, really pioneered that program for our company. And we're really, really excited to have her here today. I believe that Johanna truly represents a really important part of the next generation workforce for manufacturing. I love the fact that we're starting to see more women interested. We're starting to see more people become interested in a career in manufacturing. So Johanna, one of the things that we talked about pretty extensively over the last couple of sessions has been about our value system. And specifically, you know, how do we identify talent in obscure places based on their, uh, their values, based on their upbringing, based on their work ethic. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your upbringing and the value system that you and your family have? Sure. So uh, my dad was a basketball coach for 20 years, so we are very involved in sports and very involved with competition. Um, so one of the values that, that he made for us was an acronym H-cubed. Um, the first H is humble. Humility is a big part in our life. It's It's... Um, a part of who we are as Christians and believers in Christ also, that really sprouts from John 3.30. You know, he must increase, I must decrease. Uh, the second H is hardworking. Um, it's very important to me to, you know, be better than all of my competition. I like to work. Um, so he also said, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. So that is a key part of my life. And the third one is hungry. Um, there's always room for improvement, always room to uh, get better at whatever you're doing. And starting in manufacturing, I really had no idea what I was doing. So always room to get better. You know, that's interesting. The, um, when we, we talk, told a story about how I came to know you and your father through coaching your younger brother uh, in mm -hmm. basketball games, I think it was a 12 or 13-year-old mm -hmm. league. Yeah. Uh, we often think about it. We treat it as like it was like an NBA league, <laughs> uh, the way we talk about it. Uh, but your brother demonstrated those three H's in a very significant way at 12 or 13 years old, which, you know, tell us a little bit about that and how you came to know about P1 and how that whole story played out. Sure. So um, like Dave said earlier, I, I had no idea about P1 until my little brother decided to clean up a basketball gym uh, after winning the championship game. So Dave offered my dad an internship to any of the kids available, and fortunately I was <laughs> available. <laughs> so I started at P1. Um, I was 19 years old, uh, just out of high school. Didn't really have any idea about manufacturing, didn't really have any idea what I wanted to do with my life. Um, but here I am four years later, and I love it. I love the uh, 
the whole company I love, what I do, who I work with, who we, who we are, and what we stand for uh, with our values. So, Your brother, the story about your brother, you know, you talk about the three H's, you know, the humility that he demonstrated in wanting to clean up the gym after winning the championship, uh, the, his work ethic, you know, in, in training for basketball and being hungry. Give us a story as to, you know, what one of those H's, has, how's it played out in your life and, and how that's kind of instilled in you that value in a very significant way? Sure. So I, I probably correspond closest with hardworking. Um, I've gone through quite a bit of injury in my life. I've torn my ACL multiple times in my legs. So I was once a basketball player also. Um, and then I was told I wasn't going to walk again. So that was a, a big setback. And it, it played a part in my life to um, set a goal, achieve the goal, and then go farther than the goal. And I think um, professionally, that's what I want to do here. We set goals, we want to get them, and we want to surpass all of our goals. So, Give me an example of a goal at P1 that you've set maybe in the last six months and how you've surpassed that or exceeded sure. it, putting that hard work to work, you know, in, into practice. So our, uh, I specifically work on planning uh, at P1 right now. And Pro production planning. Production planning, yes. Um, and we have a goal to improve our on-time delivery. In the past, it's been a really struggle for P1 to get parts out the door on time. Um, and our, our goal right now is to get to 95%. We're not there yet, but we have some stepping stones. Um, so we've increased from about 30% to up to 67 and, and right now we're, we're tracking that very closely. Um, and it's, it's little day in and day out details that make a huge change over time. You know, it's, it's uh, in the small things that either grouping things together, organizing the right people to work the right times, and all of that totaled up in a, in a big formulated equation equals on-time delivery improvement. You know, that's really important because if you look at the company from the past, you know, we've often been what I would call in reactionary mode. Sure. You know, yeah. often, you know, you get a lot of emergency orders, you get a lot of demands from customers, things shift around quite a bit in a, in a contract manufacturing business. And you and Brandon in particular have really applied a different approach to production planning to get that on-time delivery going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, one of the things I like about uh, your work ethic is you dive in and just get your hands dirty. You're very, very hands-on. You're very engaged with the workforce on the shop floor. But tell us a little bit about what you and Brandon have been doing for the last six or seven months to really get our planning to the next level and to dr start driving that on-time delivery. One of the ways that we've been working on is slot planning. Um, in this plan, we give a slot for expedited jobs so that it doesn't affect us in the, in the end anymore. We are scheduling them so that we can be proactive when we need to take an expedited job. And I think that's one way that we best fulfill our customers' needs. Johanna, you're in with the slot planning, and I think that's been a really meaningful improvement in our business, and you and Brandon have been driving that extensively. You work primarily with the shop floor. Mm -hmm. So you see everything from materials that come into the plant uh, through the production process to finish quality and out the back door. Probably, if I had to guess, maybe 65 to 70 primarily men working on the shop floor, and in most cases far older than you are. How have you found that dynamic as a young woman in manufacturing in 2020? 
I actually love being a woman uh, on the shop floor. I think I have a, a key aspect that nobody else can bring to the team. I keep everybody scheduled and organized, I think, all on the same page. Every machinist wants me to succeed. They want to succeed as, as a whole. Um, and I think when everybody's working together, it's, it's where we find ourselves in our sweet spot. That's a really important concept. And I would agree with you, you know, having founded the company more than 13 years ago, you know, the, the, the folks on the shop floor, they're hardworking, they have traditional value systems. One of the things that I always get the feedback of is they view you as just as hard or harder working than they are. And one of the things that I think inspires our workforce with you is not only are you smart and hardworking, but you put the hours in. You go, you get your hands dirty with moving product on the shop floor. You hold people to account to hit customers' expectations. And what I love about your integrity system is you say, you know, you, you force folks to operate in a way to execute on what we promise to our customers. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been an incredibly meaningful change inside of our business. And I agree. I think that's rooted in your value system. I love the H cubed. I love that it's you know about being humble, hardworking, and hungry. And I think we've seen that in Johanna pretty significantly over the last couple of years. Just shifting gears. One of the things that we try and do at P1 as we start creating the next generation workforce is to find talent in obscure places. I would say that you came from an obscure place. We didn't put a job description out there. We didn't go out and say, hey, we have to hire a production planning position. Um, your father and I had a uh, conversation and your your uh, maiden name was Shao. Mm -hmm. So I came up with a statement, any Shao, anytime. Mm -hmm. Any Shao that wants to work at P1 Industries, anytime they want to work here, it's an open door policy based on the value system of your younger brother and who your father is. And you joined the company, and we moved you around quite a bit to find your sweet spot, where you mm -hmm. could really thrive. Tell us about some of the roles you held prior to selling into the production planning role inside the plant. Sure. Uh, I, I originally started at P1 as an intern. I was actually working with Dave um, on a leadership program. It was uh, right after we were in Forbes for the first time, and, and everybody was pretty high on, on having a good life. So uh, two weeks into my internship, I was hired full-time. Uh, into sales. I, I love the sales roles. I love the competitive aspect of it where everything you want to win. Every, you're, you're up against competition and you want to have the best, um, the best bid at the fastest rate. And, and I love every single part of that. However, I didn't really have much background into what I was trying to sell. So I moved into a account manager, inside sales, customer service role, if you will. Um, which really helped me to gain technicality. Um, when I'm talking to customers, I now know what I'm talking about. Um, so prior to P1, I didn't even know what a mill or a lathe was, um, let alone what they did with, with metal. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and from the inside sales role, I kind of evolved into planning production, um, which is essentially one giant puzzle, and it still brings that competitive aspect out in me where we need to get the puzzle right, and we need to get it right now. Um, and so that's that's where I've been uh, for about six months now, and, and that's where I want to be. It's where I feel comfortable. I think we've got a really, really good thing going here. If you had to look out three years from now, and, you know, your career is really coming, you know, it's crystallizing at P1. Three years ago, you had no idea what manufacturing was or what a career in manufacturing looked like or felt like. Um, you know, if you had to look out three years from now, where do you want to be in the manufacturing world? What, what kind of role do you think is the ideal role for you? I definitely want to be a leader role. I, I enjoy working with people, um, and I'm, I'm certainly not a leader that wants to 
be hands off. I like to be down there with, with everybody um, on my hands and knees, nailing in screws to, to get the parts out the door. Um, but I, I certainly want to be a leader at P1. And I, I think this program is setting me up for that. You know, entrepreneurship program, we've had a number of people loosely go through that program. Michael Visk, who's been with us since 2011, he's 32 years old. Brandon Fromm, who's our VP of Operations, he's also 32, has been with us since 2011. We've cycled them through a lot of different roles. Michael's uh, one of our VP of Sales. Mm -hmm. He's an incredible sales leader and has great mindset for marketing and lead generation and really diversifying our customer base. But Michael did something similar. He started in operations. He worked in quoting. He worked in inside sales and customer relations. And one of our beliefs at P1 is if you want to be an extraordinarily well-rounded leader in manufacturing for the next generation, you really need to have a well-rounded set of roles. Every role at P1 needs to somehow interact with our customers. Because at the end of the day, our customers' demands, their expectations, the things that they demand of us, we want our employees and our teammates to be directly exposed to those things. So one of the challenging things that we gave Johanna, starting as a sales support role, mm -hmm. she demonstrated an astuteness to understanding customers' needs and to building relationships with them. We immediately moved her into inside sales and customer relations because that's one of the hardest jobs in manufacturing. Manufacturing never on a daily basis does anything go exactly as planned. And there's always shifts and movements in schedule. Sometimes there's issues on the quality side of things. And when you have to make that phone call to a customer and work through a solution, it's not an easy thing to do. And one of the things that really impressed us about Johanna as we cycled her through some of these roles was her ability to handle difficult situations with very, very large customers in a very solution-oriented way. And that impressed us significantly. And what's interesting is we brought in an advisor, Rick Rafalik, who joined our team back in January. And in the first week, he pulled me aside and he said, David, Johanna Collins is probably one of the most gifted young people I've seen who's able to manage complexity and very, very tough situations very well. I think you need to move her into full-time operations and give her a lot of responsibility. Not a lot of companies would give a young person, 23 years old, the primary responsibility for planning production for a 65 or 70 person shop. How have you acclimated to that role? What have been some of the challenges you faced and how did you overcome some of those things? So uh, the first challenge that I, I knew immediately would happen is the discomfort of, of talking, of ordering men around. Um, fortunately, it comes naturally to me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the, the challenge that I find most is trying to make everybody happy. I know at the end of the day, um, customers need to be happy. Our shop floormen need to be happy. Machinists need to be happy. The day-to-day -day challenges that I face are mostly, um, keeping parts moving on the floor. So from, from the lathe area to the mill area or from quality into shipping, it, it's keeping everybody on track, um, on the same page, um, and, Fortunately, we have a great team. We communicate um, much better, I think, now where everything is in spreadsheets. We're all working together. Um, and it's been hard because we've, we've had to recognize and um, communicate with customers that we were behind for so long. Um, now that we're on the back end and, and getting much better, I think we are starting to appreciate our hard work that we did back in, in the, the winter of this year. So making the transition to production planning, 
the you know you came into a situation where we were behind in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a significant backlog and workload, and trying to get things organized and planned better. So some of the day-to-day -day challenges you faced is really keeping everything on track. Mm -hmm. And to bring some data to that, you know, on an average monthly basis, we might ship a thousand jobs. You know, some version of um, you know six to eight thousand different parts. Mm -hmm. And just to give those who are listening a little bit of understanding of what that means, that means moving things between operations, in and out of the plant to sub-tier contractors, uh, load testing, non-destructive testing, platings, coatings. And managing all that complexity is very, very difficult. So you talked about communication improving dramatically mm -hmm. as you came into that role, and that was really your daily challenge that you walked into. Give us an example of how you and Brandon and the production team have improved communication and what, what role you play in that. Every day uh, at 7.15, we hold our production meeting with the shop floor leaders. Um, this meeting is, well, we're transitioning to a standing room only to keep it short and sweet, but each day the leaders bring their concerns or their hot jobs to us, and uh, we talk about everything that's actively on the shop floor right now. This is something that we haven't done in the past, but I think it's beneficial because they then go to their teams and disperse it, so we have a, a tiered system. Um, we, I then turn around and walk into our production meeting with all of our engineers, our pur purchasing managers, supply chain, um, and we flow all of the information that we just learned to everyone. Um, so communication from each and every level, from machinists to the shop floormen, from them to planning, planning to supply chain to purchasing to engineering quality, um, I think the the chart of communication has improved greatly um, rather than just being a, a one or two man team. And I mean, that is a very important point. So at 23 years old, you know, you're finishing your college degree online. Mm -hmm. You haven't taken the traditional career path that most folks at 19 years old would take where you first go get your college degree. Mm -hmm. You go down that pathway, uh, maybe do some internships. You figure out what you want to do. You get, you get your first entry level job at 23, 24 years old. So essentially what you've laid out is we have We've created, under yours and Brandon's leadership, a tiered uh, management system mm -hmm. that flows community or flows information all the way down to the shop floor and all the way back up very efficiently and very effectively. During that time where the communication goes up and down, what part are you playing in on a, on a daily basis? Are you the facilitator? Are you setting priorities? Um, you know, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so I, I, I definitely set priorities um, for the shop floor um, and, and honestly, I set priorities for uh, the quality and, and moving parts along. The, the biggest role that I play with, um, with the, the flow chart of communication, is making sure that it happens. Accountability. Yeah. <laughs> it's shared with one or two people, and then it, it kind of stops and everybody forgets about it. I think it's really important that it's brought up until it's solved. And I think closing the loop on everything is, is really helping us succeed with finishing parts at a much faster pace. One of our philosophies is execution. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we are a meritocracy in our business. We believe in performance first. Actually, as a matter of fact, we believe that performance underlies healthy cultures because when everyone's performing and executing together and winning, that gives people momentum to continue talk, tackling bigger and mm -hmm. bigger issues. So fundamentally, what you're talking about is using uh, closing the loop to execute on communication to keep things moving, going in the right direction. Yeah. Do you think that your role in customer service and dealing with customers, I'm certain you've had some very bad experiences <laughs> where customers have been upset with you. How do you think that prepared you for running the plant? The customer is always right. Um, and 
at the end of the day, we it's our job to please them no matter what, what the, the task is in front of us. Everybody on the floor is looking to, to serve the customer as best that we can. The change that I think I've been involved with is, is that, you know, nothing else really matters as long as the customer is happy. Parts are made and, and on time. That's important. But your experience on dealing with customer service and delivering bad news, good news, whatever it is, has shaped your philosophy around production planning, executing to the customer's expectations, delivering what you said you're going to do, almost closing that gap between what you say and what you actually do. That's integrity, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? That's part of our value system. And for the listeners, one of the things that we've done at P1 in the last 12 months is we've restructured our entire operational team. We've, we've restructured our management systems. Uh, we've taken a close look at our organizational structure. If you look at the leadership structure across the operation, you know, I'm a big believer that you, you often take uh, younger people who have an entrepreneurial mindset with the right value system and you marry them with people with wisdom and experience. You put them right alongside each other as part of our mentorship program. And that the combination of those two things is incredibly important for achieving significant returns in the company. So if you look at our operating leadership between Brandon, 32, Johanna, 23, John Young, 27, uh, Corey Brown, 28, we have an extraordinarily young leadership team running our day-to-day -day operations, but the commonality across all of the young people running our business is their customer centric. Mm -hmm. They love and believe in executing to what the customer's needs are. Let's shift gears a little bit, Johanna. A couple more questions. As now at 23 years old, you're like a veteran in the company. <laughs> you've been here for four years. Uh, you've held a number of different roles and you are crushing it in your current role and just doing an incredible job. And, you know, data point for everyone, since Johanna and Brandon have really started shifting towards slot planning and better production planning, communication systems, productivity year to date, even through the COVID-19 pandemic, is up almost 40%. So that's, you know, the amount of hours of output for every $1,000 in wages is way up because of your efforts. If you're looking back, and again, it's hard to ask this question because you're only 23. I'm going to ask it like you're 60. Uh, meaning that you have, you know, your four years of experience feel like you've been here for 20 years because of your performance, right? You've demonstrated that in a very short period of time, you can have a high impact on the business uh, with only a couple years of experience. And that speaks to your value system and how you approach work. Young persons entering the workforce, graduating high school, going to college, maybe they got a two-year associate's degree. You know, what's the advice you give a young person who's looking at manufacturing, who has questions, hey, is this the right career for me? I would say try it out. Um, manufacturing, I, I, again, had no idea what manufacturing is, and I've come to love it. Um, the, what do you love about it specifically? I love the challenges that it brings, um, you know, from purchasing the material, machining the parts, uh, communicating with the customer, quality inspecting them, shipping the parts all the way in through invoicing. And I love that it takes every single aspect of a business into one. Um, so the, the challenge that it brings back again to my competitive nature, I like to get it right. Um, so what I would say to a young person entering manufacturing is go for it. It's, it's a career that not many people take and you will never be looking for a job. It's fulfilling. I drive into work happy. I drive away from work happy. And that's the best life that anybody could ask for. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, that's beyond your years when, if you ask me. And I think that's a really important point to zero in on as well. 
a lot of people want to be stockbrokers or computer programmers um, or consultants or you know have different ideas. And there's nothing; those are phenomenal careers. Those are great pathways. But I often tell young people that you know manufacturing really touches every element of business: inventory, quoting, customer service, making physical product, packaging, shipping, logistics, finance, cash flows, capital expenditures. You got an MBA today. You know, I got my MBA many, many years ago. They teach you all these different aspects of business, operations, inventory, sales, finance, marketing, and everything else. But manufacturing puts every one of those mm -hmm. functions into practice. And I often tell young people, if you can execute flawlessly in a manufacturing environment and make money and create value, you can do it in any business in the world as far as I'm concerned. Because you have so many moving parts from Absolutely. raw materials to $700,000 pieces of equipment to highly skilled craftsmen running product lines and quality and specifications and customer expectations. And it's competitive. It's a competitive, work, it's a competitive uh, market and environment. So if you can execute there, you can execute anywhere as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about your hobbies uh, over the next, you know, what, what, what do you love to do? What, what are the things you're passionate about? So actually, I use my work at home right now. Uh, we just bought a house, so I've been uh, picking Brandon and a lot of our engineers' brains on how to improve our home. So I've been uh, using what I never thought I would use, high school math, at home. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, I again, I've touched on my competitive nature a lot, but I can't let it go, so I have to play tennis now, now that I'm an old lady with, with lots of knee surgeries. Um, I hike, and I, I spend a lot of time with our dog. Family is very in, important to me, so my husband, my dog, and I, uh, we spend a lot of time together playing games and hanging out. And you've carried a lot of those values back into the business. One of the things we talk about at P1 is we try to act like a family. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's hard to uh, accomplish in a work environment, uh, but you've done a really good job of that, of carrying those values over. Uh, I, haven't talking, I haven't spoken to your father in a bit. Uh, what would he say about your career in manufacturing? He would say he's proud of me. He would say uh, he's he's very happy that I have a job that I'm willing to uh, or able to express my faith in my job. That's a very important part in our life. Um, and he's he's very happy with the way that uh, you've treated me and, and that I'm I've been able to to land P1. It's when been I when, a, when been I do see job. your father, he always asks the same question: Is she doing a good job? Is she working hard <laughs> for you? Is she humble? Is she hungry? You know, he always is making sure that, uh, you know, his, his children, his legacy are, are working hard. And I really appreciate that by your father. I think he's an incredible human being. And, uh, again, we wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't for that experience I had with your younger yeah. brother and with your father. So you've heard it here today. You know, Johanna Collins is a 23-year-old superstar inside of our company. We believe that uh, through apprenticeship, we can raise up the next generation of manufacturers, craftsmen, machinists. Joel Lape talked a lot, a lot last week about machinists as scientists and as artists, and I agree with that 100%. And one of the things that I'm passionate about is I want to see more women in manufacturing. Absolutely. I want to see more young people in manufacturing. I want to see people get passionate, excited about making products in the United States of America with the ingenuity, the passion, the entrepreneurial drive and solution mindset that exists in this great nation. And so Johanna is a great picture and illustration of the folks that we're trying to hire, we're trying to invest in. Matter of fact, we pay for her college degree. Mm -hmm. That's something that's very important and near and dear to my heart. We might be able to find talent in obscure places, but we also want to put them through good schooling and we're willing to pay for that because we believe in long-term investment in people's careers. And we want to see Johanna not only thrive at P1, but to grow at P1. You know, as we launch new companies, as we invest in new opportunities, 
to me, Johanna is on the track to be a CEO of a company. And I think probably younger than even I was. I would think I was 28 when I first became CEO. Uh, for the first four years, I made every mistake that I hopefully could teach you not to make. Um, but that, that's something that I see for you. Is that something that interests you in the future? Absolutely. I'd love to be uh, CEO of a company. The title just sounds fantastic. Ah. But, but the, the work that goes into it behind closed doors, I know, is definitely there. And, and that's one thing that we appreciate about you, Dave. Um, CEO of this company and and I can still bust you as much as anybody else on here. <laughs> this the it's the intimacy and the friendship that we all have. Uh, yes, like I am said, picked on a lot. I, you family. know, I do have to admit that uh, you know I have to go for counseling now. Because, <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. This has been a great, uh, great, great interview. Uh, what I love about you, Johanna, is you're honest. You are who you are, and you express who you are in a very transparent and authentic way. And I think that's what the folks in the business respect and honor most about you is that you are who you are. You get your hands dirty. You're willing to put the work in and you love what you do. Thanks very much for joining us. Next week, we're going to talk about the mentorship program uh, and how that's rounding out our next generation workforce at P1 Industries and Manufacturing in general, because at P1, manufacturing is more than a career. It's a calling. Thank you for spending this time with us. Please head over to p1ind.com where you can find out a lot more about P1 Ventures and David Dussault.